This is Icy Dice. I'm your host, Bear Necessities. Icy Dice is a podcast about Major Command, the terrific online turn-based multiplayer strategy game. This show explores how the game is played, from beginner knowledge to advanced theory, as well as discussing the community of players and developers around the game that make it a great place to play. Episode 1, The Devil's Crown Series. On November 22nd, 2018, an exciting new tournament started in Major Command. 32 players have come together to form hand-picked doubles teams. The Doubles Crown Series tournament begins with a group stage that, as of the recording of this podcast on November 29th, 2018, is currently taking place. The group stage features four groups of four teams each. Each group will play every other group opponent twice, first on the Mars map, then on Arabia. The top two teams will advance to a quarterfinal bracket in which they will face off in a best-of-three series on the Sea of Japan. Semifinals and finals will also be best-of-threes on the Philippines and South America maps, respectively. All games are escalate with reinforcements of one anywhere. Force is set to chance. These settings encourage fast-paced games and a fairly short tournament duration. Teams were organized by rank, the cumulative score of the two team members. Teams were seeded by rank, with the team with the highest cumulative score at seed 1 and the lowest cumulative score at seed 16. The groups of four teams each in the group stage include a mix of teams, seeded A through D in order of descending score. The teams were placed into groups so that the average cumulative score for all the teams in each group were as even as possible across the groups. A link to all the tournament settings and format are available in the show notes or on the Major Command forums. Now with those basics out of the way, we're going to take a hard look at all the teams competing in the Doubles Crown series, reviewing the histories of each participating player. To do that properly, I needed some help. Hello. Hey, it's Bare Necessities. Hey, how's it going, Bare Necessities? Not too bad, Tape. Thanks for picking up. I appreciate your willingness. In order to shed some light on the background of the participants in the tournament, I called Tapeworm, a friend and podcast contributor. Tapeworm has a deep interest in Major Command and has become something of a historian of the site. Tapeworm is one of the most decorated players in the game, having played an enormous volume of games since he first joined in 2012. He's also a skilled player in his own right, having achieved Senate Colonel with over 3,750 points and having flirted with General on more than one occasion. It would be hard to find somebody better suited to talk about the tournament and its participants than Tapeworm. Shall we introduce our first group? Before I say anything about any of these teams, to anybody listening, I would like to apologize in advance for mispronunciations. Some of these seem pretty straightforward, but some of them aren't necessarily as straightforward, so some of you may be thinking of them differently in your head or out loud than they come across to me. I encourage anyone with their feedback to scold or insult me for saying your username improperly. As you mentioned, Bear Necessities, TH Child or The Child, I'm going with TH Child like you are, by the way, General the High Command, highest ranked player on the site, hailing from Portugal, and has been on the site since uh, September 8th of 2012, so a longtime veteran. Uh, TH Child uh, pairs up with Dorsey, as I'm going to pronounce it, uh, all the time. Uh, they have extremely high uh, unique defeated opponents 
if you look at their stats pages, 465 UDOs for TH Child on doubles, 359 for Dorsey, and I think a large amount of those came playing together because I've seen them partnered up for a while. Currently, they're both not active in a heck of a lot of games. They tend to be selective about who they play with. A lot of people are, but they're clearly the the, the main favorite, being the number one seed and uh, having a cumulative score that's 1,400 above our second-seeded team. So I'm excited to, to play with both of them. Uh, I haven't played with Dorsey much in the past. I've personally only recently gotten it into doubles a lot in the last year year and a half. I've always been a singles player. Uh, I've definitely played with TH Child a bunch of times, so I'm excited to have both of them in. Uh, They are a distinguished duo. And it shouldn't be discouraging to be trapped in the red group with them. Uh, Folks like, at the bottom of the pack, Linear Curve and Luis Casanova, while they certainly have a lower chance of getting out of group stage, they also stand a much higher chance of earning a bunch of points by stealing a game off of TH Child and Dorsey. Right. One of the things I've learned the whole time I've been on major command is not to be intimidated by anybody's score. Anybody can beat anybody in any game. There are some arguments against uh, fixed dice and flat rate, but in general, you've got a shot if the dice go your way. And I've beaten a lot of people back when I was new who would be, it would be considered slaying the dragon. Kenjo and I had a long thread about it once, which can be found somewhere on the forums. Never be intimidated. I certainly am not. Terrific. So that's that's um, the top of red group then. Um, let's go down red group, which would make the next team uh, Hordick and Hod. Yes, Hordick and Hod. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying Hod's full name here. We're calling you Hod. Uh, Hordick, I, I've been friends with and played a ton with recently. Hordick joined in January of 16, hails from Belgium. And I actually lost a 24 singles player uh 24 singles classic massive to him and i remember trying to win 24 player singles for the longest time and it's really hard to do and it takes timing and luck i've seen hordick do it so hordick's been very very busy on this site uh and and has made quite a name for himself Uh, i love the beer on his profile too me too Uh, it's one of my favorites the duvel bottle yes yes a beer i happen to like quite a bit so uh, I, I know Hordick from my first, I think it was my first post or the or the front line. He was one of the first people to reach out and give me positive feedback and some guidance in the game in general. So uh, big props to him for helping out a new player. Yeah. So Hordick and Hod uh, do have some pretty good numbers here together. So Hod has made executive general, which is a very very high rank. Big respect for that. Uh, been around since December of fifteen, uh, and appears to be very well balanced. Tons and tons of medals, lots of bronze medals, victories on nearly every single map. Yep, everything that's been released, Hod has at least 20 unique defeated opponents. So uh, definitely gets around, uh, has medals in every single type of team play, with a slight focus towards singles play, like most players uh, I find do have their UDOs distributed. Uh, Hordick joined in January of 16, Hod in December of 15. So, you know, they're roughly both on the 17th. So they're a month apart, so to speak, and have both been here now for the better part of three years. Good team there. Being seated eight, they're kind of right in the middle. We'll see how they do. Now, they've, they've got a bit of a hard climb because, unlike in some other groups, they're pretty tight in cumulative score 
to the next team down, and that's Engineer Airborne and Norbs, who only have, at least at the point of starting this tournament, a 400-point gap in accumulative points between those two teams. I find them to be kind of the odd couple of teams, Engineer and Norbs. Uh, on one hand, you've got uh, Engineer, who has tons and tons of games going. Like, he's playing in a waiting game, something like 50 or 60 games. You know, it's a long list on his profile. Meanwhile, Norbs only has a couple. Uh, I, I'm on Norbs' friend list, so I get lots of invitations for uh, team games, uh, doubles games, usually with him and two other teams, lots of six-player double games. So, so it's interesting. He kind of keeps his play game load very low, while Engineer keeps his very, very high. Engineer's been here since uh, August of 16, but already has over 3,000 unique defeated opponents. So Engineer kind of reminds me of myself in that he plays a ton, and I personally don't consider myself the greatest player, but I, I get a lot of stats because I play a ton. Not saying that as a knock on Engineer or anything like that, but uh, he's a busy, busy man, uh, and he's getting a lot done. Uh, so, so yeah, they're, they're my odd couple of, of busy and not so busy on the site playing together. So I kind of get a kick out of saying that or seeing that. Rather. One of the things about Engineer I noticed recently, so I, I'm a fairly new player. I joined up this summer. Engineer, when I first got there, he was rocking two bars, something in the neighborhood of 2,100 points. And he plummeted over the next couple of months all the way back down to uh 1600 points or so and then rocketed all the way back up to where he is now at the point of this tournament starting at 28 29 which is a fairly strong rank and puts him on a leaderboard in the top 50 yes it does and that i find is indicative of people playing games much like i do i'm kind of at a downturn right now but one of my favorite things to do would be to go create a bunch of casual games that are all singles games, escalate games, so they turn over quickly, with a high number of players, usually 9, 10, and 12. When you do that and you throw that open to the general wide major command public, you do get a lot of new members and people trying the game out, and you put yourself at a high risk of losing a lot of points to a lot of new players and having, frankly, a low probability of winning a lot of your games when you're playing a bunch of 12-player singles. Yes, there's just you're, you're just not going to win as many, no matter how good you are. And the result of that uh, on a particularly cold streak can put you down in the range of munitions inspector or kitchen patrol. I've been there recently myself. On the flip side of that, you win two or three of those, especially after you fall into kitchen patrol, you find yourself biting off five and six hundred points in a victory. And just two or three of those can put you right back up into that healthy high high 2000s range so you'd call this a uh, high risk high reward strategy high risk high reward strategy uh for me that's gotten me down to kitchen patrol multiple times it's also gotten a 100 points in general although i have never quite cracked uh that distinguished rank yet primarily because i do play uh such a high volume of games again at high risk like that so yeah it, it's it's the boomerang or the trampoline score way of playing major command and playing it in high high volume yes Engineer and I are very much alike in that. And Engineer is number 24 in uh, most opponents defeated as well, uh, which puts him, like I said, well over 3,000. And that's 3,000 in just three years. That's about 1,000 a year. That's, that's a hefty pace for collecting UDOs. So this group is bookended uh, at the top by TH Child and Orsay. 
And at the bottom, team four in this group is Linear Curve and Luis Casanova. Now, they are currently rocking the lowest cumulative score at uh, 3,506 points. But I think we have an opportunity for these two to genuinely play spoiler to this group. Maybe even make it out. I think you're right about that. Um, I have played with both of them. Um, Linear Curve, in particular, has played a lot of Europe Massive and seems to have gravitated towards that map recently and done fairly well on it. Uh, So I've definitely run into Linear Curve a few times uh, in the six months or so um, he or she has been on the site. Uh, Luis or Louis Casanova, I'm going to go with Louis Casanova um, at the risk of being wrong, uh, appears to be the leader of our Enemies of Diplomacy clan. Uh, And Enemies of Diplomacy, if you read the forums, a lot of people have a lot of different interpretations about what's good conduct or bad conduct, what's betrayal, uh, traitorous behavior or whatnot. Well, you've got enemies of diplomacy who basically do not like all the wheeling and the dealing that's going on. Diplomacy, while it may be a nice strategic component of the game, it also is the leading cause of player-to-player animosity. Yes, it absolutely does and can induce rancor. On a personal note, my mother and father almost didn't get married over a game of Risk. It was had dwindled to a three-player game with my mother, my father, and my fraternal uncle, i.e. my dad's brother. And my dad and his brother ganged up on his, at the time, fiancé. Um, and there were a few days, at least, where she would not speak to him. Uh, so, yeah, diplomacy can and almost did cause me not to exist. That is one hell of an anecdote. So I, I applaud uh, Louis Casanova for creating that. Just in my informal review, you know, I didn't take tallies today, um, but it looks like that is the best represented clan in this tournament. Yeah, just looking here, I think uh, uh, Cardinals Rules in it, Linear Curve is in it, as well as Louis Casanova. Uh, I think I saw Risky One is in there as well. Angle uh, yeah. uh, Maybe Roska called, if I'm not mis- mistaken. So, so, yeah, a bunch of people, despite being willing and happy to play with diplomacy at times, uh, certainly share that sentiment sometimes. So you might call Linear Curve and Louis Casanova rightly our 16th seed, but at no point would I underrate uh, somebody who would go so far as to create a clan. So, uh, and I've played a lot with Louis. I've been in almost every game that Linear Curve's been a part of. So okay. yeah, I, I know that their their ability to upset these higher ranked teams absolutely exists. And if I were sitting in sitting in seed one, two, or three in this group, I would be very concerned about underestimating them and finding myself getting eliminated before the uh, second stage of the tournament. Absolutely. As we discussed earlier briefly about uh, what we've learned about the setting so far and what can happen with Mars, uh, it wouldn't take much for our 16 seed to come out of both, both uh, rounds of the round robin looking healthy. Wouldn't be surprised at all to see it. So we've covered each team in this group. Let's talk a little bit about the games that are being played. There are six of them. What are the games to watch if you were a spectator of this tournament? Which are the games that you're looking at and why? Frankly, I want to see how Linear Curve and, and Louis Casanova, as we were just talking, do against the the, the one, eight, nine seeds up above them. I, I want to see if they can win, say, two out of three of those. I think that'd be pretty exciting if they could. And, you know, when you're the number one seed, you've got a target painted on you. 
You know, given that it's just four-player doubles here, it's not like they can really properly get ganged up on. It's a duel between teams. But I, I definitely want to see if the Sterling team play reputation of TH Child and Dorsey holds up and if they, in particular, the one game in particular is our one seed versus our 16 team, 16 seed. Well, there'll be I two of those games. And Louis Casanova match off. So uh, I'm going to be looking at that one in particular. I'm very interested to see how the middle of the packs shakes out. So you've got Engineer and Norbs against Hortik and Haw. They're going to face off twice. And they're just so close in rank that there's a real opportunity for the two of them to be competing for the same spot. Absolutely. I mean, Hordick's current score at start a tournament, 28.70. Engineer, 28.79. That's margin of error closeness right there. And then the other two members, Hordick's partner, Hod, 26.99. And then Engineer's partner, Norbs, 23.05, while a couple hundred below, still certainly close. They're not just close as a cumulative score, but individually as well. So that wraps it up for Red Group. Uh, Blue Group is headed up by Senhetan and F-15 Free Eagle as seed one. Seed two is uh, Cardinal's Rule and the General. Then we have Once and Clarkfeld as team three, and Pittman and Cryptogym following it up at the last seed in that group. So Sanitan... Hailing from Norway, been around since uh, August of 2012, so a longtime veteran of the site. Has 31 tournament victories under his belt. So he's he's been playing in the structured games for a while, uh, and I'm not surprised that he's uh, our number t- part of our number two seed, I should say. He is an executive general. Uh, I'm sorry, a legion general, rather. And I've been trying to figure out what his player logo is. It's tinted red. It, it looks like somebody may be shoveling. Um, which certainly fits with the military theme of this website. Um, similarly, military, uh, there's an awesome picture of an F-15 on uh, F-15 Free Eagles player profile. A newer player relative to Sanitan around since January of 16 from the Midwest. So we've got an international team up in this case of Norway and somewhere in the Midwest. Because uh, F-15 Free Eagle is such a good player, uh, I like to think he's somewhere in my current and native home state of Illinois so that I can in some way claim credit for him. This team, despite being 1,400 behind our number one seed, who we've already discussed, should be considered the 1B favorite. Uh, I've played with both of them many times, particularly at 15, uh, and they're both good communicators and good team players. So I bet as a duo they're going to work together really well and be well-coordinated. Uh, so the next team down then is no slouch either. The general and cardinal, both excellent players in their own right. Uh, it's a much closer rank difference between seed A and seed B in this group than with the red group. And I think I have the stat right that general has won more organized tournaments than anybody else in the site. That's correct. One hundred and eleven of them. Yeah, far and away our our leader in tournament participation, tournament victories. Also. I believe, if I am not mistaken, the longest tenured person on Major Command in this tournament, uh, joining up September 5th, 2010. And uh, the General's partner, Cardinal's Rule, needs no introduction from anybody who has found their way to listening to this particular podcast. To use Major Command speak, Cardinal's Rule is the onyx standard 
of achievement on the site. Number one in, I believe, everything. Far and away the most medals, the, the most unique defeat, defeated opponents, now a member of Central Command. Uh, everybody knows Cardinals. At, at one point I thought I'd, I would chase Cardinals' unique defeated opponent total. That would take a sustained effort of several years. I've had an effort of several years. I wouldn't quite call it sustained. But, uh, yeah, these two are, forgive me, guys, considered the old men of the site playing. This is, this is the, I'm going to go ahead and call them the grumpy old men team, even though that's totally unfair to them. Um, Cardinals rule, I'm going to guess. I'm not sure geographically, but I'm going to say somewhere in the Midwest, maybe St. Louis, Missouri. It's possible, being a Cardinals fan. And the general hails from the U.K., so we've got a cross-pond grumpy old men team here. And um, despite their experience and, and number of wins, you're still putting them outside of the favorites in this group? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I They are both excellent players. Um, I've beaten them many times. They've beaten me many times. Uh, I know I've taken a scolding from Cardinals rule once or twice for playing in ways that he thought were foolish. But I don't necessarily see them as invulnerable or, or a monolith um, that they, that is untouchable. I think Major Command proves that, as we've said before, and no doubt we will say again, anyone can be beaten. So neither one of them is on a particularly cold or a hot run right now. Mm -hmm. um, both got respectable just sub-3,000 scores. Uh, I consider both to be better players than me, but not not by a huge margin. So definitely a lot of respect for them. Uh, they belong in the top half, and uh, we'll see how they do. So next down, we have Once and Clarkfeld. Well, uh, Once joined up in March of 2016, has reached general, is a general right now. And in looking at Once's player stats, I see a high focus on 1984. So Once has really, really taken to playing on the 1984 map quite a lot. His other numbers really come from Classic Evolved and 12 Domains. It sounds so, like he's a small map specialist. He, he does seem to be a small map specialist. Uh, as well as most of his UDOs and, and stats do come from singles game. So I, I'm glad to see once joining a doubles tournament that's going to put him on some other different maps. Anybody who can reach general, I would think, uh, is in both intelligent and adaptable. So kind of new territories for once. And looking at Clarkenfeld, he's been around for a long time, since uh, October of 2011. Maybe the third or fourth oldest, so to speak, player in this tournament as well. And he has over 5,000 unique uh, defeated opponents. He's actually number eight on, on the UDO all-time scoreboard. Despite that, he's only playing a few games right now, so he's not what I would consider one of the busier players. So they're, they're an interesting team to watch. I, I don't personally know or have looked up how much they've played together or if they just happen to join into the tournament together incidentally or what, but they're one of the least predictable teams for me out of all 16 of them. So I hesitate to say that they're going to do well or badly. I really don't know what to expect. That's a nice little variable to have in the mix for this group, which could be fairly calcified with number one and two seeds being so strong and having so much experience in the game. Moving on, the final duo in the blue group is Cryptogym and Pittman. Now, these guys, I kind of expect to do really well, um, despite being the 15 seed. Pitman has been around forever. Pitman is one of my earliest friends on the site. Uh, he's quoted in my frontline post from whatever it was, 2012 or 2013. Uh, I remember in particular a South America game we were playing that was, I think it was an eight-player doubles game, 
and Pitman got killed relatively early, and I was down to just a kind of hiding out in in the middle of Brazil, and everybody else around us were huge, and it was fixed force with flat reinforcements. So I was just waiting to get killed, and I just played stack and wait forever. I miraculously won it. That told me that you never quit a game, no matter how badly it's going. That was an exciting win for Pitman and I. Uh, Pitman is number six all time in opponents killed on our unique defeated opponent scoreboard. Meanwhile, in his partner, Crypto Jim has not been around for all that long, just joining last August, but he's almost up to 500 unique defeated opponents already. Crypto does play a ton of games. Yeah, that speaks to that, you know, collect a thousand a year pace um, that we've seen elsewhere, particularly from uh, Hordick. So yeah, Crypto Jim kind of jumped in with both feet, joined the site, made a bunch of friends, threw out a whole bunch of invitations, super enthusiastic. I've played a ton with them in lots and lots of singles games and a few team games. New guy, but very welcome addition to the site. He's won a good deal of games too. In really short order, he ranked up to about 2,500 points. And although he did come down a bit since then, as is typical for having that kind of game volume. Somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah. So basically, he's doing really, really well. So this is kind of, uh, this team in particular is one of the old vets with, 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 a, with a new guy. Does that remind you of anybody? Kind of like us two. I would love to see Crypto and Pittman do very well in their placements here in group stage. I think it would be lovely to see a fresh new face, a new member to Major Command, earn his stripes in a forum tournament and do so in the company of a, a veteran like Pittman. Agreed wholeheartedly. So Green Group, uh, this group is the one that we're in. So you might hear some subjectivity here, especially on my part. Um, <laughs> I, I consider myself a favorite to win and fairly underrated, but we're up against some really strong opponents. Uh, in seed one, we've got Mickey and Eric J. Klein. Can you run down the list and give us a bit of history on uh, Mickey and Eric as our top two? Certainly. So Eric J. Klein, executive general, tends to focus, from what I've seen on the Massive Mass, a lot of UDOs on Classic Massive and Europe Massive, joined back in 2013, December 14th of 2013. Uh, and I see hails from Ohio. So you'll hear me constantly talking about, ooh, this person might be in the Midwest or is in the Midwest. And there's more of that ahead yet. So Eric is, is representing the great state of Ohio for us. Obviously, being an executive general, being around for a long time with huge stats like that, uh, Eric's a well-respected player. I, in particular, am, for some reason, really, really bad at nukes, despite understanding the strategy of it. And it seems like every time I get in a nukes game with Eric, and it, it often comes down to us two, and no matter what position we're in, he finds a way to make it so that he wins those and I lose those through a combination of using the spies and the bunkers and doesn't usually work out well for me. Well, that's uh, reminiscent of the way that we met each other. My first ever big win was in a singles on nukes and it was, came down to the two of us. I think I was in the U.S. and you were in USSR. And I was ahead of you by about maybe a turn and a half. And it took a little bit longer than I wanted to, but I finally sealed the deal once I figured out how the map worked. Yep, yep. And I figured out how the map worked. I just doesn't generally seem to work all that well for me. Uh, Mickey I've played a bunch with recently as well. Uh, Mickey is from Switzerland, and she has the cutest little mouse in a helmet staring down the cheese in a mousetrap in some quotes, you know, if at first you don't succeed type quotes. 
So Mickey is uh, relatively new to the site. Well, sort of, you know, joined early in 2017 uh, and seems to be well-balanced, kind of playing her way around a, a bunch of different maps and accumulating stats on, on all of them while maintaining her respectable score uh, as well, uh, which of 26-15. So, you know, I, I think this team, you know, they're our number three seed. That's not to talk trash about Mickey, but on Eric J. Klein being at a high, high 45-31 score, I think kind of skews them upwards uh, with their cumulative total of, of 71-46. So both good players. We'll see how they do. So next we have Risky One and Ross Kakov, two players that I have uh, fairly rich experience with in my limited time playing Major Command, but both of whom have really gone out of their way to help me out as a new player. Um, so of course I want to see them destroyed in this. Yeah, Risky One is one of my absolute favorite people and best friends on the site. Uh, when both of us got within single digits, two or three, of collecting 5,000 unique defeated opponents, for, for both of ours, mine came about two or three weeks before his, we set up a bunch of duels between the two of us so that we wouldn't have to wait to win another 9 or 10 or 12-player game or tournament game or anything like that. Uh, we could just basically keep beating the beating the pace out of each other until the other one scored that last victory or two to, to get the 5,000. Uh, I'm sorry, total defeated opponents, not unique defeated opponents, but total defeated opponents. So that was really nice, and, and I obviously returned that favor to Risky. Nowadays, Risky's actually ahead of me, number two behind, behind Cardinals rule. I'm now down to number three, uh, somewhere around 6,500 total defeated opponents. Risky's number two right now uh, from Las Vegas. He has one of what I believe are only four classic mini-map gold medals. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think all four of them that have been earned on the site are in this particular tournament. We we haven't talked about Engelbrecht yet. We'll get to him. We did talk about the General. The General's got one. Uh, Cardinal's Rule has got one as well, uh, as does Pitman. So there's your four people with, with the mini gold. I'm sorry, not Engelbrecht. I meant NDRM 31. But I'm getting off a of track. I love Risky. Risky's in the Costa Nostra with me as well, which is kind of a defunct clan right now. So... You know what? Yeah, I'd like to see him get beat, too, <laughs> this round, but it, I'd be okay if they didn't. It would feel right if Risky and Raskakov uh, progressed to the next round. It would feel Rask right. They're top-notch players. Yeah, it would just feel right if they did. Raskakov, despite only joining in January of 16, already has 62 tournament victories, which is crazy. That, that's a high amount. Raskakov is another one of those players like Crypto Jim is now, who just came out both guns blazing and has never slowed down and is actually number 12 on the most opponents defeated scoreboard uh, himself already after three years, uh, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,000. So Raskakov has been primarily uh, a singles player, total beast playing sing singles, particularly the massive maps, uh, in particular uh, classic massive. So, you know, I've only taken to, to team play somewhat recently, or at least in a higher volume or percentage of what I play. Uh, so Raskakov's a bit like that. Mainly a singles player starting to become more friendly. With these guys being the sixth seed, that almost kind of feels low for them. I, I expect them to do pretty well. Well, maybe they can go four and two with losses to us. Next up in the group is our team, Tapeworm and Bear Necessities. Would you like to cover our respective playing histories? Absolutely. I'll let you lead that one, Bear. Uh, I'm brand new, so this is going to be short. 
uh, I joined up in March of 2018. It wasn't until I started to get some input from folks like yourself, from Roska Cove, from Engelbrecht, as my main mentors, that I started earning some wins finally. And those first came on, I think it was Conflict Africa and Nukes. Fixed rate is what I've tended to gravitate towards. Uh, I like both chance and fixed force, but uh, given the opportunity to go fixed force, I tend to pick that. I've played a bunch of team games, although I've win very, very few of them. So this is an opportunity for me to change that. And I think I've teamed up with just about the perfect person for that purpose. So without further ado, uh, Tapeworm. I've been on this site for over six years. Uh, I got introduced to it playing a completely different game, which was kind of like a, a hex fighter game online. And someone's like, hey, go check out Major Command. And so I imported my username from there, which is Tapeworm. And uh, I, I started slowly. And without reading my whole frontline page that kind of gives my history of why I joined in my first six months, I, I will give you a larger view. Essentially, I played huge well, big, eight and above singles games pretty much exclusively for the first four or five years on the site. I would go create anywhere from 12 to 30 games at a time and totally clutter up the casual games listing with tons of my games with all their nonsense titles. Uh, and the end result of that was a seesaw of a score that went way up and way down really quickly as I went through hot and cold streaks. A lot of experience with Every single map on the board got me a lot of experience playing not only the established, well-known, and, and long-term players on the site, but a whole lot of exposure to the people that are a bit more transient and kind of come and go or visit and play a few games and leave. So I kind of understand the whole careful, refined, controlled environments that you see among a lot of the people on the site who tend to play in their insular groups to keep out the noise. And I have a lot of experience with the noise as well, uh, which has made me quite a bit zen to playing on this site. Uh, I saw Bear's articles and, and posts on, on the message boards, and I loved your, frankly, the depth of your analysis and, and the carefulness and precision with which you kind of organized your logical trains of thought to how you approach the game, and that appealed to me. So, you know, I reached out to you and, and, and talked to you a little bit. And um, you said you haven't had that much success in team games. Tell you the truth, I've only really, really gotten into the team play a lot more since I really got into the tournament play a lot more, probably in the last 18 months or so. So I'm still learning too, but I've got a lot of experience on the site. So I am cautiously optimistic that the two of us will do well. I am too. And so far, our games have been progressing very nicely. We won't go too deep into... Uh, what's happened so far in the tournament on this episode, nor will we talk strategy at all just to avoid influencing outcomes. Uh, but suffice it to say that we had some very favorable seating in our initial games and have already closed one out favorably. We were super hot too. I was rolling fire and you were rolling fire. So I think we could have got into that one with a bum strategy and probably still would have won it, even if we didn't discuss the board ahead of time because the dice just loved us. They really did. I hope we don't use up that good luck early on. Uh, we could really use it if we do indeed make it through our group stage. Indeed. So let's finish up this this group with the final seed that's uh, easy to kill and lots of luck. That one, I like, I was thinking lots of luck. And I'm like, no, OFF, that's capitalized, lots of luck. So I will leave that to lots of luck to explain the meaning. Maybe it, maybe it means the luck is off. 
And it, it, yeah, it's a, a pessimistic view of, of ice cold frozen dice. Not sure there. Easy to Kill joined in December of 17th, coming up on the one year birthday of Easy to Kill. So happy birthday uh, in advance. And uh, lots of luck. Uh, both of you two have remarkably similar profiles. And, and when I look at your stats, I see a large variety of games. You're, you're collecting victories on every single map. Essentially, you're kind of the youngish, newer kind of players that are both exploring all the maps, exploring the different types of settings, exploring everything, and now obviously tournament play, even forum, forum tournaments. So both have been here for about a year uh, and look to have bright futures. They are our uh, number 14 seed here. That probably means they're not favored against some of these old pros that, that they've got to face off against. But you never know. We'll see. I certainly hope the best for them. So Yellow Group uh, is headed up by Five Battalions and AJ Detto. I know Five Battalions only passingly for a couple of games. Uh, every time I faced AJ Detto, he's won, no matter how many people are in the game. So this is a team that I'll be watching for performance uh, in the Yellow Group. Can you give me a little bit more about their histories? Yes. Central. This is the Central Command team. Uh, A.J. Dado, as I assume most people know but may not, is the second owner of Major Command. Uh, in his administrative hat, he's new sheriff in town. So, so that is our dear leader, A.J. Dado. Uh, has, has a region in Forgotten Kingdoms named after him as well. Five Battalions, uh, also Central Command, helping run the site. I played a bunch of games with Five Battalions as well. Uh, just joined up in... in uh, 2016, early 2016, and hails from Portugal. I, I confess I don't know Five Battalion's specific role at Central Command. It might be forum moderator. It might have to do with the mobile app. Could be code. Could be mapped. I don't know. Let us know what you're doing on Five Battalions. But um, yeah, AJ Dato. Uh, I think I've lost the vast majority of games I have played against him. I've beat him once or twice here or there, but he is definitely one of those careful, thoughtful, analytical players, executive general. And um, when uh, Bedoris, uh, I assume that's how his name is pronounced, that's how it reads, the original, that's Jesse Bates, the original founder and creator of Major Command, decided to move on and sell the site. Uh, AJ Dato stepped in and has led us towards the new beta major command and improving the site and, and getting all the stuff done that is needed for that dream of this site really taking off on a player base. That said, you know, uh, it, it's kind of like when you play basketball uh, with a professional, you want to, you want to win that game of horse, even though you couldn't really beat them. So yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that uh, central command, just because they are central command lose. Sorry guys. The people they might lose to is uh, Seed 2 in the yellow group, Engelbrecht and NRDM. I believe they're fifth seed overall. I know Engel quite well. Uh, Engel is one of the outspoken members both in games and on the forums, playing a huge volume of games currently with a significant amount of success. Uh, NRDM, I'm afraid I don't know nearly as well, although I know he's active in creating tournaments uh, for the likes of us. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Engel is definitely very chatty. Uh, Engel's one-year birthday at Major Command is coming up on December 7th, so uh, happy birthday in advance uh, to you, Engelbrecht. Yeah, I've played a ton of games. Uh, Engel's much like uh, Crypto Jim in that he just hit the ground running, 
jumped in a bunch of games, said hello to everybody. He started talking about game theory, game specifics, you name it. Just a really fun person to to have both on your team and against you because, you know, I, even when I'm playing against him, like it, it's fun to ha- hear him chat about how hot his dice are or how cold his dice are. Charismatic, engaging person there. NDRM 31 uh, NDRM, I want to say, is somewhere in South America. He doesn't have his location on his profile anymore. Founded the Costa Nostra clan and invited me to it. Does all those tournaments. But way, way back in our early days of Major Command, the two of us played a lot of Classic Evolve together, some of it on real time. We got a bit snipey with each other where, you know, a lot of young players on Major Command think that dice are rigged or that literally everybody who's not doing what they would do are colluding with each other and secretly cheating and all that kind of stuff. A lot of people kind of go through that angry, loud, accusatory, paranoid, growing pains phase. Uh, And I'd say that NDRM31 and I went through ours together, often with one another being the target of each other's complaints. For a while, I was like, you're picking on me, you're targeting me, and he thought the same thing. And eventually we were able to kumbaya and realize that we both needed to calm down a little bit. We were blowing things out of proportion. And lo and behold, uh, not long afterwards, uh, we were the best of friends to the point, like I said, of, of, of doing clans together. I also particularly admire NDRM 31's singular focus on the ducking cover map. Uh, he's got a gold medal on that one. He might be the only person. I, I, yeah, I don't even think Cardinals Rule has one. I think the only gold ducking cover is NDRM 31's. NDRM 31's at 330, I want to say. So, like, he's well past that 200 threshold. He's still charging for the Onyx on Duck and Cover. And he will definitely, if he keeps it up, be the first one to get there. So, yeah, I, I have a very warm preferential spot for NDRM 31 is uh, kind of like my, my brother on the site. Your history with NRDM isn't so different from how Engel and I were first introduced. So when, when I first got started in the site, I was exclusively playing games with friends and family. I was invited by Tehol, who's a close personal friend from high school. And he, uh, by extension through me, uh, managed to get a bunch of other people who invited, uh, some of whom have stayed, some of whom have left. But we were playing games together. And except for Tehol, we had no experience in how the game was supposed to be played. The games were left open to the public, probably a mistake, because Engel ended up joining, I think he was the second or third opponent that it could be argued we ganged up on and eliminated fairly early and yep. reported us and totally justifiably reported us. And as a consequence, um, we've completely changed and really, uh, ad- adopted the, the best practices and haven't had a single complaint since. But that was an eye-open experience and one that I'm, I'm, Engel was unfortunate to be on the wrong end of. Um, but we've since become very close. Yeah, it's always nice when it works out. I'm fairly sure NDRM, you know, hit me in private support. I, I certainly at one point said he's targeting me and, and, and attacking only me in games. And we were both doing it to each other because we were both salty about games that we lost to each other. Um, I was, it, it was childish behavior. And, you know, most people who once they have stuck around for a short amount of time kind of see what you call best practices or, you know, rules of conduct and behavior and not being that guy. Um, it, it's unfortunate that so many people have to go through that. I'm not exempting myself. 
So, but I'm glad when people do and, and become valued members of the site like NDRM 31 has. And Engelbrecht is on his way to being. So followed up in the third spot in the yellow group, we have uh, Dior and Redstorm. What's Dior's full handle name? Do you have it handy? Yes, I do. And before I say it out loud, you know, this is, he's got the one ring from Lord of the Rings all over his profile. I haven't read the Silmarillion since I was a teenager, so forgive me if I get this pronunciation wrong. Dior Aranel Eloquio, I believe. Yeah, Dior Aranel Eloquio, I'm guessing is some ancient elven king, pretend elven king from J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, on the other side of that team, we've got Redstorm, uh, who, much like you and I, Bear, has, has spent a lot of time writing about and on the site, particularly putting up tons and tons of blog entries, uh, forum posts, and all that. Um, not as active in the last six months or so as Redstorm was in the first year, but everybody kind of starts with that bright-burning energy, and then you got to kind of sustain it if you want to. So Redstorm, I hope you get back to writing again or even uh, participating in some of the creative things like this podcast, perhaps, in the future. But taken together, the two of them, between Redstorm's writing and the J.R.R. Tolkien bent of Dior Aranel Eloquil, um, I kind of think of them as the literary guild of this tournament uh, due to the writing connections. So... Dior, which I'm going to shorten it to for, for now, has been around since December 4th of 2015, and uh, Redstorm's been around since March of 2016. Um, so both have been around for a couple of years now. Both are good players that I've played a bunch with. Um, so, I mean, they're closer to the bottom here. They're, they're the number 12 seed. I really don't know what to expect from them. I, I don't know which way their, their fortunes are going to go. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable being pessimistic or optimistic about their chances. Conveniently for them, they are in the tightest group in terms of cumulative rank. I, I made a post about it in our in the forum thread for this tournament, but it should be mentioned that the yellow group is both has, has the lowest average rank and the lowest range between the, the bottom seed and the top seed, with only 2,800 points separating them. So yeah. they, they stand a real chance to spoil, but then again, this is probably considered the group of death for the four groups in this tournament. This is the one with the most competitiveness on a, on a cumulative score basis per team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these two do. Finally, we have Ironsy Tiger and St. Jude, uh, neither of whom I know particularly well. Uh, perhaps you can fill me in here. Ironsy Tiger, uh, I've been playing with for a couple of years now, been around for quite a while since October of 2011. So he's definitely one of the quote unquote old men of the site has reached in the past executive general. Although obviously uh, iron Z tiger is in what seems to be a lot of skilled players, common medium or median range, which is 2,500 to 3000. But because we've seen executive general, we know iron Z tiger has skills. St. Jude I'm imagining is a real life friend that Iron got to join recently, since they are both from Pennsylvania. St. Jude he does have a profile picture uh, of him and who I assume is his wife or girlfriend. So he cares enough to, uh, to to work up his profile and has been around for a couple of months. So this is another one, and the final mention of the Midwest, this is our all-Pennsylvania team and likely buddies. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how if Pennsylvania gets to match up against Ohio later on, Eric J. Klein. 
is who I'm referring to there, or with myself, Illinois, or with Cardinals Rule, who I'm assuming is Missouri, but I'm not really sure, later on in this tournament. So that one's going to rest a lot on Iron Z Tigers' guidance and leadership of St. Jude. I've found in playing team games, I like the bigger the team, just to throw ideas out there and to let people kind of do their thing and see who follows the direction that everybody kind of mutually agrees upon or doesn't. But in team games that are doubles like this, it's really about your partner uh, as opposed to some sort of team captainship. So this one, Iron Z Tiger is going to have to lead St. Jude, is going to know the maps better, is going to know some of the intricacies of going first or using this or that feature. Um, I could talk a lot more about those, but I don't necessarily want to go into discussing specific doubles strategy on podcast number one for a doubles tournament for obvious reasons. So who's who's the game to watch or what's the game to watch in the yellow group for you? Yeah, I, I kind of want to see how CENTCOM does against Engelbrecht and NDRM31. Incidentally, uh, I do believe that that matchup is, I'd have to go through for specific analysis, but the only matchup that we have with no United States players in it as well, with Engel being from Sweden, NDRM somewhere in South America, AJ Dato also somewhere in South America, and five battalions in Portugal. Uh, so that one, that one's interesting to me, just because it's a couple of my good buddies against Central Command, and as I mentioned, I'm kind of, but not really rooting against Central Command. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that one in particular I'd like to see. And uh, I'm also curious how uh, our literary guild is going to match off against Pennsylvania. So the top two against each other, seeds four and five, and then our, our literary guild at seed 12 versus the Pennsylvania duo at seed 13. Those are the two I'll be watching the most. All right, so let's let's finish up this part of the podcast with a brief pickums, uh, starting with the red group. Who do you have? Uh, how would you organize the four teams competing in rank order? In, uh, who's most likely to win this and get out? Any upsets there, or do you want to go straight down with the stats? My initial inclination is to go straight down with the stats on this, especially with this particular group, because there's no denying our number one seed with their cumulative 94-13 and their huge long history of playing together. I just wouldn't put any chips down against those two. Um, and frankly, I've played Hortic and Hod enough to know that they're really smart, shrewd players. Um, as much as I like Engineer, you know, I think Norbs limits himself by doing mainly just doubles games that are on classic massive six-player. Not to say that Norbs couldn't totally shock me and, and do great, but frankly, I think the seeding reflects my assessment of all their skills. So, yeah, straight down the board for me. All right, I'm going to mix things up, and for my picks on Red Group, I'm going to put team D as getting through. So that would be organized linear curve and Luis Casanova coming in in second place behind TH Child and Dorsey uh, to the elimination of Hortic Hod, Engineer and Norbs. I say this mostly because I've been paying close attention to linear and Luis's games and although their seeding into the initial maps has been god awful, like really, really terrible, uh, they couldn't ask for worse 
positions on Mars for their starting spots, they've pulled themselves out of a huge deficit with medium dice at best. And that's an impressive move. It came after cards were turned in. It's They're attacking in savvy locations, both breaking commands and taking strategic strongholds like the rockets or the airships. So I think that they stand a chance of getting out of this group uh, at least in third place. And I'm hoping they can surprise us and get into second place there. Okay, interesting. I confess I haven't looked at the early progress in most of these games, but seeing somebody who has to play defensively in what's essentially a duel, even though it's teams, um, is always impressive. Those are what win rate at 33%. I'm sure it changes with doubles a bit, but that's impressive that they're actually headed in the right direction in that position. So let's move on to the blue group. Um, that's Sanhattan at 15. Uh, who do you put in first spot getting out of that group? Hmm. Well, let's see here. We got Sanhattan and F-15 Free Eagle. Then we've got, ooh, Cardinals rule in the general, despite being the seven seed, is my favorite in general. Uh, I view them as a duo is right up there with our one seed as far as savvy, skill, experience, all of that. So our, our number seven seed is actually my clear leader out of the blue group. B. Okay, so the B seed is going uh, the B as the first spot. Correct, correct. Yeah, the the, the B, uh, or seed seven overall. Yeah, uh, that's who I see moving on for sure there. Among the other ones that we've got, we've got Once and Clarkenfeld, and then Pitman and Crypto Jim. I actually think Pitman and Crypto Jim are going to do really, really well together. Uh, so for me, it's B and D that I see moving on. And how do you uh, want to organize are, the last two in that case? Sanhattan F15 and... Well, I'd have to make third. Uh, I would go with our two overall seed of Sanhattan and, and okay. F15 for Eagle. Um, I, I simply can't put our, our overall two seed ranked number four in this group. I just can't do it. <laughs> I'll go straight down the stats on this one then since uh, you took the swing on the... Uh, less probabilistic outcome. So my ranking is B, D, A, C, or alternately you could call it 7, then 10, then 2, then 15. Great, in terms of overall seed in the tournament. Yeah. Uh, green group, who do you have us for the top two teams? Us. Us, totally. We're awesome. Um, <laughs> there, there's not enough room on Mars for any of the other teams, but just us two. So think Marvin the Martian. Yeah, we're totally going to win this. Uh, we're off to a good start, so I'm sure that my total bravado and optimism here will therefore see our fortunes turn and us driven to despair as our dice go cold because I said all of this out loud. Um, but aside from us in the group, I, I think the other set to move on here, Eric J. Klein, our executive general with Mickey. Uh, I know Eric's great. Uh, Mickey's a lot of fun. I'm not sure how I feel about their chances necessarily. Risky one in Roskokov, uh, I see as deadly assassins. Um, I would probably, honestly, I'd probably put Risky and Roskokov number one and you and I number two, which still allows us to advance. Um, with that, which leaves out Eric J. Klein and Mickey, uh, unfortunately for them, not moving on. And um, easy to kill and lots off luck. Uh, at the bottom, easy to put them at the bottom. I'm sorry, fellas. I'm sorry. You it's guys did get due to the fact that we've, we've we did defeat them 
already in our Mars game, aided, of course, by going first and spectacular dice. So they did not have a great chance in that game. It would be great to mix it up so that we can get everybody starting. Uh, that would be a, a huge benefit for the tournament. Yeah. But like we discussed before, maybe there's a 15-player tournament with three groups and four games per round. So sure. in the future. All right. So green group, I have it ending a little bit differently than you. I have us taking this thing. Cool. Reason being, in part, I think it's going to take a little bit longer for our dice to get cold. And we've we've benefited from tremendous uh, initial positions on these maps in the only one out of the two maps in group stage that that actually matters on because in Arabia initial conditions are of trivial importance compared to Mars. So you can come back from a bad starting position a lot more easily. Even if we were to go even three and three, we've already seen a dent put into some of the top teams um, some of the top teams have gotten a loss or are about to get a loss in their record, which improves our chances of ending up top two. And I think that we can pull out a top one. I'm going to agree with you that um, Risky and Roskakov are the next most likely to make it through. So I'm putting them in the second spot. Eric and Mickey, I'm sorry, I'm dropping you down to third. And I'm agreeing with you, Tape, that uh, given the early progress, early and lots have a huge lift if they want to get into a position to move on to the next stage. So position four. It's their names. Easy to kill. Lots off luck. Nope. Sorry. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. But yeah, um, I agree with you there uh, on the last the last one. So I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that uh, you're putting us at number one. Yeah, I've got faith. I've got faith. Uh, so long as both of us stay sober for the balance of this tournament, I think we stand a good chance. That's a big ask. It's a big, it's a big ask. <laughs> okay, so yellow group, who do you have as advancing in the number one spot? This is the least predictable group out of all four groups. Mm -hmm. um, not just because their their actual range is smaller and they're closer together, just because I have a really, really hard time picking. Engelbrecht and NDRM, like, I could see them winning this thing running away or just getting absolutely stomped. Like, uh, maybe it's just because they talk the most about their dice being hot or cold. I feel like that they're highly variable temperature mm -hmm. of their dice, literally, so to speak. I realize that's just my perception, but I could see them totally sinking or, like I said, totally burning everybody out. So if you want to lock in your pick, where do you place them out of our top, uh, uh, one through four? I think, hmm, I, I'm going to say that they're probably number two. I'm going to put them in at number two, just to be on the safe side, because they are, NDRM is a long experienced player, and Engel knows what he's doing, despite things, well, Maybe he's just louder when things are colder, but I, I know it seems like he's been frozen out a lot lately. I've got to give our number one spot to our A team here, seed four overall, Central Command, five battalions, and AJ Dato. Um, I just always lose to AJ Dato. So, like, I kind of assume that combined with him being an executive general and all that good stuff and super savvy player, that everybody else also usually loses to him. So, essentially, Yellow Group, I'm going straight down the board. Yeah, uh, we've got our Literary Guild, and then we've got our, let's see, Iron Z Tiger and St. Jude. Yeah, man, I'm following this one straight down the board. 
I'm going to mix sure. it up a little bit. I'm going to swap yep. spots one and two. I've got Angle and NRDM taking first spot, uh, but I'm predicting that we're going to have a tiebreaker in this in this particular group. Ooh, so okay. First place or second place tiebreaker. Um, I think the first place is more likely between five battalions, AJ Ditto on one side and England and RDM on the other. Interesting. Okay. Very good. A tiebreaker. Oh, that'll be a fun game to watch. I'd like to be a color commentator, like on a sports broadcast. Maybe I'll follow the game, assuming that there are any tiebreakers in the tournament mm-hmm. and, and we can all kind of bandwagon on and comment about them. I wish we could go back into games that have already taken place with a little bit more granularity as opposed to only being able to see round by round and not the individual players' moves without digging through the the record. But that would make it a little bit easier for us to do color commentary. It most certainly would. It, it's it's pretty hard to deconstruct based on what's there right now. It can be done to an extent, but there's a lot of inferences based on where the deployments were and what the new troop counts were. It's, it's nearly impossible. Um, so, yeah, you've just got to pretty much be paying attention by checking into it multiple times a day. You certainly can't do it retroactively as things are now. Perhaps we can get some commentary from the players and the participants and to have, fill out the, the, the details as to how the wins and losses took place. I certainly hope so. Well, that's an invitation to all of you to uh, send us updates on how your games went down in a little bit more detail, and we'll include it in our next episode. Speaking of which, the next episode is going to include a recap on strategy on the Mars map, and depending on when it takes place, maybe the strategy uh, after games two of the group round with Arabia being the map. We're also going to give you an update on the positions of each of the teams in their respective groups. Uh, so you have an idea as to who you're likely to be up against if you're a participant in the elimination round, or if you're just a spectator, uh, you can uh, find your favorites and root us along. So that wraps it up for our discussion on episode one of Icy Dice. That- thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> I appreciate it a lot. This is, and, and thank you, Bear Necessities, for, uh, coming up with the idea to do this. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Tape. See you next time. That does it for episode one of Icy Dice. Thank you all for listening. We would love your questions and comments. Drop us a line at icydicepodcast at gmail.com or message us directly in a major command. If you'd like to contribute to a future podcast, we'd love to talk with you. Icy Dice is edited and produced by me, our intro music was by Professor Click, used under a Creative Commons license. Until next time, may the Dice God smile upon you.